I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How are you guys doing? Um, it's been a week, as always, since we uh, last talked with you guys. And um, we got another episode for you. Uh, not quite sure how it's going to go over. I did all, most of my research yesterday. And so, yeah, well, uh, I guess we'll go with that. Harris, do you have anything you want to you wanna say to the people? I, you know, I don't know if I do. Normally we, uh, we talk a little bit about whatever just happened this week in wrestling, but... The only thing that really happened of interest this week is Brie Bella almost killed someone again. Oh, so yeah. Set the, uh, set the Days Without right. Incident counter back down to zero, I guess. It's oh, about yeah. every two weeks, I feel like, because the first bad thing was the suicide dives when she just came back. Yep. And everyone was like, wow, those aren't like literally suicide dives. You need to, you need to clean <laughs> that up. And then a couple weeks later, she needs Zelina Vega just yep. right in the face. Yep. Probably gave her a little concussion, but it wasn't as obvious because it wasn't in the middle of a match. Right. And then this week, she just kicked Liv Morgan's lights out on live Knocked television. the crap out of her. Man. It was, that was honestly something. It was just, it was really surreal. I think because, like, the television programming is so middle of the road right now to see everyone get really fired up about something. Yeah, because there's happened. nothing exciting going on. So this is the most exciting thing that's happened in weeks. Yep. It's just on Which the is, on the bad side, but yeah, right, exactly. It's not the good kind of exciting. Yeah, but that was that was terrible. So yeah, there was that. <laughs> I knew there was something, and I I'd forgot because yeah. it's been a whole week. Because these come out on Monday, and so that was all the way on Monday. So right, that, that's right. why I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was huge. I was pissed at that. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, you just like I'm not one of those like I, I've always been. I guess not an apologist, but like I get why the Bellas are there. I get like their market and the purpose they can serve and that they can be used well. So I'm not going to be like, you have to fire her right now, but like you have to stop making her use Daniel Bryan's moveset. Yep. Like I'm sure some of that is her idea. Oh, I'm sure. But she's limited even with the stuff she can do. So especially when she's been out of action for so long, you can't give her all this new stuff to try and bust out. Like it's clearly just not, not for her. No, no, it's not. I mean, and the the biggest problem is you have someone who retired who was done and has been done for how long? A year or a year and a half or whatever it's been. It's been a yeah, like and, it's and been then, a long time. And then you just throw her right back in there. Not only is she now back in, you know, without having done much, and now kind of being thrown in a spotlight. She's also having to do way more than everyone else because she's the only person on both shows for some stupid reason. Yeah, and that's, so, well, it's, I mean, it's because Brian is on right, SmackDown. But, but then I don't stupid. know why they couldn't let her be on SmackDown. Right. I mean, the reason is the same reason all the other television is weird right now, because they have to promote her appearance with Nikki at, you know, the Super right. Show or Evolution or whatever it is. Like, all yeah. of the different shows coming up, which... Yeah, who, who I don't cares? want to get into I mean, all that right now. I don't, I don't care about any of them that are coming up at all. So n- nothing is of interest to me right now that's really I'm, going I, on. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll catch them if I see them at the right time, but nothing is a point in television for me. I mean, we watched, I remember when we watched Greatest Royal Rumble and we were both like, 
oh, well, that was stupid. It was just a house show. Right, right, because it was. four hours on a Friday afternoon. When Jeez, we it was longer than that. I, wasn't it like five? Like, it was so yeah. long. Yeah. It was longer than, it was like WrestleMania long. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels is going to come out of retirement, and if I don't watch it, then it'll be like he never came out of retirement. Right. So that <laughs> right. won't ruin that for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you there. Yeah, I I couldn't care less about this Undertaker Triple H match. I don't know why no. they think people care. Um, they're only doing it because it's another country, and that's all the people in the other countries care about. So because yep. WWE hasn't been as big as it used to be, so mm-hmm. that's why. That's why they have to go to all these leg quote unquote legends because they're the only ones that other countries recognize to that level. So yeah, well, and it's I mean it's just it's like. It's just admitting that nothing of consequence is going to happen. I feel right. Like. Oh, one hundred percent. I feel like if there was a if there was a big title match and a title change, like if, I don't know, Samoa Joe beats AJ Styles for the title. Yeah. Then everyone is going to look at these shows a lot differently. Yeah. But until that happens, like I, I feel like at least U.S. fans are just going to start tuning them out. You know. Yep. There's just too much. It's oh, it's been oversaturated for years, and it's just and now it's even more so with adding these other shows on top of the pay per views and on top. Yeah. It's like what? Who? At some point, you just yeah. don't care like, anymore. Right. And we've talked about this in the past. Like, if you want to take the opportunity to basically embrace the fact that these are crazy house shows, right? And just give us something weird. I'd rather you do that. The fact that they're giving us the same feud that we've seen for weeks or months. Is weird. Like like when they did Beast in the East, that was yeah, one of the first ones. It was, and that one was fun because they were pr- like they were just clearly admitting this is pretty much nothing. Right. It's just going to be fun and like, hey, here's Brock Lesnar fighting Kofi Kingston, and it's like, okay, well, Kofi Kingston is not going to beat Brock Lesnar, but it's going to be fun to watch the New Day like try to take on Brock Lesnar as a team. That's going to be really entertaining, and it sure. works. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. You have to do something different because it's just if you just build this like another pay per view, well, now you're having a pay per view every week or every other week, and it's like this is it's just too much. You can't build to any of this. So then yeah. now the pay per views are going to just turn into weekly show. Like, you know, there's there's nothing special about anything. So right, like just what <laughs> in ten years we'll just tune into the pay per view every week, <laughs> and TV will be as meaningless as house shows. Right, right. That's the next step. Yeah, you're right. Anyway. It's weird. So we had a lot more to talk about than I thought we did, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. But um, Doing all right. So now we'll get into the uh, regular scheduled programming. And I love how we um, always, like, tease everything and build it up for a reveal, even though it's in the title of all these. So you all already know. It's really just for uh, the other person. So I'm really just doing this for Harris, which is kind of funny. Um, Anyway, but it, it... it's just the way it works. It's the way podcasting works. Get deal with it. So we'll get into the uh, get into the actual episodes. Um, so for this one, we're going in a slightly different direction. Um, I don't think we've done an episode exactly like this before because th- this okay. this episode is a character study. That's pretty much what this one is. Um, okay. And I don't think we've done like a whole episode on one character before. So, here we go. Christopher Joseph Park was born October 4th, 1973. Now, Harris, do you know who Christopher Joseph Park is? No. Okay, good. 
If you, if you other guys do, don't don't spoil it. Don't tell Harris. I was just about to say this is one of those this is one of those moments where the second you said that, half the people listening are like, "Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly." No idea. All right. Well, he was a good football player in Ohio. He played at okay. Ohio University. Good athlete. He was also a smart kid. Ended up uh, getting a couple of degrees from there. Had a master's and a, and a bachelor's degree. Uh, master's in sports management or sports administration, one or the other. He then got into professional wrestling, obviously, because that's what our episode is. Um, and ended up being discovered by none other than Dutch Mantel, who WWE fans know as Zeb Coulter um, from the past recent years. But Dutch Mantel, been in the business decades, big name in the business. Uh, he was a guy who kind of gave him the character that would end up being his staple. The character called Abyss. <laughs> okay. All right. And now Abyss bounced around a few years uh, in the Indies and different different smaller promotions, but ended up in TNA and actually was mm. on the first ever TNA pay-per-view before he was actually Abyss in 2002. He was just wrestling as, I think, just Chris Park or something else. and huh. But then, then came into TNA full-time in 2003. In June of 2003, he entered as the Monster Abyss. And was a heel. So and now I'm I'm not going to go through his whole thing because it's way too long. But there right. were definitely little there were definitely things that fit our show that I wanted to touch on. And it's going to be a little bit scattered and a little bit off um, because I only got through about half with my actual prep, and then the others I'm just going to have to uh, kind of go through shorthand. But we will we will try. So we'll start with the first ever Monsters Ball match. Which is one? It's a um, match that he kind of came up with. Yeah. Now, and the first one was at Victory Road in 2004, and this was TNA's first ever monthly pay per view. Like when they decided they had done some one off pay per views, but this was their first kind of monthly one. The mm-hmm. match was Abyss versus Raven versus Monty Brown, and Abyss and Raven had kind of had a feud going on. Um, and it really wasn't much of anything, to be honest, this match. Um, it was really just kind of a hardcore match, but not even a ton of stuff were used for most of the match. Um, but it was the first time Abyss uses his black bag full of thumbtacks in a match. He, I think I think he had come out with them uh, on Impact and like shown them off or whatever. But first mm-hmm. time he used them, pulled them out, dumped them all over the ring. And, of course, he's the one that got slammed into them. Um, That's that's usually how that goes. And then Monty Brown ended up winning by pinning Raven in that match. And this kind of started Abyss as a hardcore guy. Okay. Now, Abyss is a character that was pretty much 100% ripped off from WWE. (laughs) He's basically a combination, if you don't know, of Mankind and Kane. That's pretty much what Abyss was. Got it. A bigger mankind mixed with Kane. That, that that that's those are the two characters that he is. The mask he wore looks ju- looks very similar to mankind's kind of a half face mask. He had the long wow. curly brown hair, but he's much bigger than Mick Foley. He's like 6'8", 350, huge dude. Um and uh but th- this kind of set him up as but he ended up being a big hardcore guy, a lot of risks. So, you know, Again, think Mick Foley with some of that stuff. Right. And we'll get into some of the crazy craziness that he did. 
So over right. the, he had several great feuds over the course of 2004 with Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles. This is when TNA was good, right? I've heard you talk about this before. Oh, yeah. No, TNA was great from, like, the beginning all the way through, like, 2012. Like, it, for, like, 10 years, it was really good. I need to I need to take the time to sit down and go through some of that because I've heard yeah. that from you and several other people, but I've never actually, like, I've never delved too far. Into, oh, you, you know? there's some amazing matches. I, I can give you a list of some matches to watch because there's some fantastic ones um, for sure. I mean, just just the people that were in there. I mean, now half of them are in WWE, but like, yeah, it was it was great. I still miss AJ Styles' TNA theme song. Like, I still think of AJ. That's <laughs> what I think of when I think of AJ Styles. His "I Am" theme song. Anyway, but uh, so he had some fantastic feuds. There's some great matches with Jeff Hardy. Some Full Metal Mayhem matches, which are basically just hardcore matches uh, with fancy names. You know, no holds barred hardcore. They're all the same. Um, okay, I was going to ask, the Monsters Ball match, and I know you just talked about this, was there any other weird stipulation, or no, was it literally just like, no, not you really. can use weapons here, it's a hardcore match? Yeah, it, pretty much you can just use weapons. Later on, they got more extreme, if that right. makes sense, but but in general, it's just pretty much a hardcore match. Gotcha. Um, but now, one of the best matches during kind of this couple of years, there was, so there was some amazing ones with Jeff Hardy, but probably my favorite one is a... Is a lethal lockdown match. I guess it's not lethal lockdown. Because I guess lethal lockdown was the big finale. But anyway, it was a steel cage. A six sides of steel match. Yeah, that's what it was. At lockdown in 2005. With AJ Styles and, and Abyss. It is amazing. It is so, so good. Like, And it has one of the best spots ever. Um, one of the best selling things I've ever seen from AJ. Where, okay, so what happens is before the match starts, they start fighting. So before they get into the cage, so the first okay. like quarter of the match is outside and uh, around around the ring, and so at one point he slams a bit or Abyss slams AJ kind of into the side of the cage, and then they they have a door. I don't know if you have ever seen TNA's cages, but they don't do it where there's like a little door in like the corner because this was also the time when they had the six sided ring. Yeah, so I've it's like it's that, like a whole side. It. It's like a whole side of the cage is kind of the door. It's a big door. Huh. Um, That's cool. And so he had AJ Styles kind of in the slammed him kind of into the door, and then had him like he was like on his knees, kind of up against the door. And the door, you know, the bottom of the door is about level with the ring. So AJ's face is like right at the bottom of the door, and Abyss mm-hmm. hauls back and slams the door on his face. And the way AJ takes it, it's it's like one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Like the way he just falls down so hard and so fast with that door, you look it looks like he's dead. Like he looks like he just got killed. And Mike Tanay and it's been Mike Tanay and Don Callis are the uh, announcers. And oh my gosh, I've never heard Mike Tanay more excited or horrified ever on a call in my life. Like he goes berserk. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. You have to watch just for that, just for that okay. call. It's so amazing. And then he's busted open after it and everything. It's great. Um, just that moment always stands out. Well, AJ ended up winning the match with a styles clash on thumbtacks. Of course that abyss brought out. Um, that becomes a big thing with abyss. He's a big, crazy stuff guy, but usually the stuff happens to him. That, yeah, uh, you know, very that Mick seems Foley. To usually, be how it goes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, 
So during the years, um, we'll kind of go to one of the first big kind of storylines with Abyss. And it was kind of a long-running storyline. It kind of off and on for about three years. From 2005 to 2008, Abyss had a manager called James Mitchell. And I'm sure you probably don't know who that is, but he kind of did a lot of stuff. And he did some stuff in WCW in the 90s. And then uh, he did a lot with Raven and ECW in the 90s as well. Very creepy guy. Um, Right. Like he looks like something that was like a like a I don't know a, like a demon father or like like a weird like long black hair with a black beard with like the his eyebrows shaved where they go up in like points like very creepy Jeez. looking dude. Um, That's I'm really glad you clarified that because when you said James Mitchell, that sounds like the most boring yeah it, manager of yeah. all time. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, you you could you could look him up though. He weird looking dude, and so he had a big feud, and he was just kind of his manager. Abyss Abyss didn't talk. That's that's another thing. It was a very um, think Paul Bear Undertaker. That's kind yeah, of that's, that, that's that is kind what of what picturing. it was. I was thinking like okay, like a Paul Bear more than a uh, yeah. And that's pretty much the way it was. Well, he had he had a big feud with Abyss, which culminated in an amazing barbed wire massacre match, um, oh. which which was match of the year in 2005 for TNA, and is it that, is brutal. Explain that to me. Okay, the whole ring. There's no ring ropes. It's barbed wire. It's just barbed wire. Oh my lord. It is. It is. It's. It's brutal. Um, but it's great. And uh, it, Sabu, uh, Sabu wins by sandwiching Abyss in between two barbed wire boards and pinning him. Mm. So, so it's a mm. board with a ton of barbed wire just tacked onto it. And yep. then like they'd stick it in the corner and then like Irish whip them into it. And then they're stuck in it. And like yeah. they, they're literally oh. stuck into this stuff. Right. And, and oh, Sabu then, then sandwiched him in between two and it was – and pinned him. It was it was a bloodbath. Man, that's it, 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 it's great. It's a great match. Um, <laughs> and so M- Mitchell's his manager again, Paul Bear type thing. But it's not it's not necessarily like a supernatural thing. It's uh-huh. more of just, just creepy a, and yeah hardcore. creepy thing. And and Biss doesn't talk either during all these years. Um, uh-huh. He really doesn't say anything. And um, so Mitchell, but it is a Mitchell kind of controls the monster thing. So in 2006, yeah. Abyss ends up winning the NWA title from Sting, which at this point, NWA for the first several years was associate was was part of TNA, like they were right. together, and they so were like the WCW indie holdout, kind of, yeah. So NWA that was the the TNA championship for the first several years. Um, so Abyss yeah. won the title from Sting in in 2006 at Genesis. And then Sting is then, over the next couple weeks, Sting's trying to reason with Abyss and get him away from Mitchell. Because Sting sees this as like, this guy is corrupting this guy. Right. And uh, so to keep him under control, there's a segment where uh, Mitchell takes Abyss to this prison to just scare him. Like back into submission, I guess. And like slams his head into the fence and reminds him and is reminding him about his past this whole time. And so, oh, but no. at this point, you don't know what's going on. Like nobody knows right. what is going on. Oh boy! And um, so Abyss is back under control from James Mitchell. And a few months later, Abyss has lost the title to Christian Cage at this point, um, and is still kind of on and off feuding with Sting and Christian Cage. It's kind of a three-way thing. Sting then kidnaps James Mitchell, puts him in the trunk of his car, and like drives off and tells him to leave Abyss alone. So like threatening a type thing. Classic babyface thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. 
And uh, later, after a three-way match with Sting and Cage, Sting came out on Impact and revealed, after looking through totally real public records, that um, Chris Park had been in prison for shooting his father and putting him in a coma. Whoa, Um, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Yep, yep. Completely real. Wow. Oh, yeah, totally real. Wow. um, So he didn't kill his father, though, but it just put him in a coma. Because if they had said he killed his father, then it'd be like, well, why are you here? Um, That would have just been ridiculous. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Who would have believed that? And um, they might as well just have done that. Why didn't they just say kill his father? Nobody cares anyway. Anyway, um, it's too much like Kane. I mean, it's already <laughs> know, exactly it's like Kane. Thing. Like literally, exactly. I like know. Kane, but uh, so, uh, let's see. Where were we? Yeah. So, Coma Abyss then would lose to Sting in a prison yard match uh, a couple weeks later. Which I'm not. I didn't look up that match. I'm not exactly sure what that entailed. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry about that. This is the great research that we do here. Um, but anyway, but he lost again. And you get this is another thing. Abyss most of his career is losing. Right. Um, but when you're like when you're a monster and when you're like quote unquote the, like one of the hardcore guys, you can do that. I feel like because you still have like the respect mm, of the fans. Yeah, I guess it doesn't mess you up that much. If you you know if you have the right kind of charisma and packaging, you could pull yeah. it off. Anyway, but uh, a few months later, Mitchell then returned and brought a woman who Abyss recognized. And then Abyss left with him. That that ended one show. Again, oh, don't great. know who these are. So it was then Do you revealed mean recogni- like that it was then revealed that the woman was his mother, okay. and then that she was actually the one that shot Abyss's father. But Abyss took the blame to protect her. So I, wow, what th- a twist! This story is tr- heating up. Truly, did not see that coming. <laughs> um, Mitchell's then threatening to call the police and tell them the truth if Abyss doesn't obey him. So that's now the power play. Great. But a couple weeks later, uh, Abyss has had enough, turns on Mitchell, black hole slams him, which is his finishing move, and, and turns face, basically. Is, is away <sighs> with the manager and is done. So Great. that was then done for a while. That was the end of that for, for a good while. But after some... And then Abyss ended up being written off TV with an with an injury not too long after that and took and mm-hmm. was away from TV for a while. So after some time he came back and um after losing a match to Christian Cage, he then went berserk and just started attacking everything. Um and so now it's like okay, this now it's the crazy monster. He would then defeat Tomko um which was like Christian's lackey at the time. Uh, okay. And get this, by giving him a black hole slam onto broken glass. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. Now, the reason Hang why, I the, <laughs> the reason why I'm putting this to... in here is because I had never seen that before. Yeah, like, that's not a normal, like, obviously thumbtacks hurt, right? Like, obviously, that's really painful and bad. Yeah. But as a wrestling fan, you're sort of used to that as a thing that can happen. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, thumbtacks. Like, that sucks. And, you know, you got to, like, I've seen that picture of Chris Jericho's back. You just got to, like, pull them all out one by one. Right. But with glass, it's like, that seems way more dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and there were thumbtacks, too. It was a mixture of both. Broken glass and thumbtacks. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. That became a thing, too. Abyss would use broken glass 
from time to time for the next several years. Um, and again, I'm sure he wasn't the first person ever to do it. I'm so, I'm sure some random hardcore indie psycho promotion had done it, but oh yeah, that's happened in Japan before. But sure. man, I I ha- that, whew, just anyway. And I'm sure it was like sugar glass or something, but still, I mean, still, right? Because I I thought about that right after I said it. It could have just like it could have just been like gimmicked, you know, like it could have oh, been I'm plastic sure. or something. Like, Oh, it wasn't plastic. I know it wasn't plastic. It was definitely something breakable. But, I mean, it was probably sugar glass, which is what they use whenever they use windows or anything on, you know, or the TVs, like when Jericho smashed Michael's head into the Jericho trial. Like, it's all sugar glass. But it still can cut you. Like, it's still not, like, safe. Like, it's safer. Just because it's not a plate glass window doesn't mean it doesn't, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, not, not good. Um... And then he ended up allying himself with Sting, and uh, they would do tag team matches, and he spoke for the first time um, after a match at Victory Road, uh, and really, he didn't really say much. He just kind of, like, you know, shorthand, like, broken word type things, you know, monster speak yeah. type thing. But anyway. That sounds, yeah. So, then later, after a match, a tag team match at Victory Road with Sting, um, Mitchell returned. This is now months later. And he returned, he would end up returning with his son, Judas Messias. Oh, boy. I know, this is just getting better. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. Um, So, then on Impact during a no-DQ match with Styles, Abyss was dragged under the ring and emerged then with blood all over him. And then a few weeks later, it happened again. Um, like uh, this time, drag, wait, like, drag, like, do we see what's dragging? No, under no, no, the no, ring, no. Nope. Or does he just, nope, just dragged out of the ring. And then the oh, next boy. time it happened, uh, you just see like a hand come break through the ring and drag him into the ring. Um, oh, so it happened okay. again too. Okay. I was picturing like underneath the apron. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Like, um, <laughs> gotcha. So then the next week, Judas Messias, uh, finally appeared, choked abyss oh, with boy. barbed wire. Um, and then that was a big feud that went on for several months and culminated in a hardcore match where Abyss lost. Um, Mitchell then came out and he had, uh, Judas like restrain Abyss. And then Mitchell was saying, was telling Abyss to reveal his big dark secret and Abyss refused to do it. That's kind of been a thread also during this feud. Um, and then, uh, and and after this match, when he, when Abyss when Abyss refused, uh, Mitchell attempted to set him on fire. So now now we're now we have fire in play, of course. Okay, well, it's only natural. I'm I'm shocked it took this um, long. Oh yeah, um, I think there was something fire with the sing. I think I was reading about a f- fireball <laughs> thing, but I don't remember. Anyway, um, so and then eventually, I think the next week, Mitchell comes out and the big reveal that he is Abyss's father and Judas was his half brother. And so Mitchell is the one who the mother shot, I guess. And then Abyss would wow. end up defeating Judas on the next pay-per-view. And that was pretty much the end of that feud. And that was, that was the blow Wow, off. hang on, hang on. I really hate, I really hate that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Like, mm-hmm. oh, man. Why yep. would you double down on the bad origin story once you've already left it in the dust? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. That, blows my mind like what's the best case scenario if you're him like i'm thinking of the part 
earlier where he's like, tell everyone your secret. <laughs> You're my dad. Like, what? What's the payoff? I don't, I don't know. It's supposed to be. I have no idea. I have Why, no idea. Surely, like, I don't know, man. Surely you leave the cards in his hands. Like, the great twist of Star Wars is not like when Luke stops and looks at the camera and is like, he was my dad the whole time. <laughs> it's when he finds out that Darth Vader's his father. Because that's right. all, like, the shock is. Right. And, like, the horror and the power that the bad guy has. But, no, we're just going to... I knew it the whole time. He knew it the whole time. Doesn't really impact anything, but, you know, here we are. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I know. I know. That's, that's really terrible. Anyway, um, so a couple years later, um, there ended up, there ended up, there's a lot of weird things with Abyss. Um, after that, <laughs> there, there ended up being a whole angle where he, you'll notice this is where my preparation ends. Um, uh, there was a whole angle where he was like spent time in a mental asylum, and okay. uh, then he like had this he got amnesia and got lost. No, 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 season, no, no, right? no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, not like that. Um, but he was in there like because of his addiction to violence and stuff like that, and um, <laughs> yeah, and he had the, he had this say like his addiction to painkillers or had, something. No, that no, no. He, he, he had this feud with a guy with a therapist. Named Doctor Stevie. No, um, he did not. yes, he did. did. The who, who was his? It was his therapist in like the asylum or whatever, trying to cure him of his uh, addiction, you know, to violence and all that stuff. And would sometimes even beat him up. And it ended up, was, you know, there there ended up being matches. Uh, wow. W- you know, with this that kind of went on for like the better part of a year. If, there and, was, if one of those wasn't an I quit match, like saying I quit my violent ways, then I'm I'm going to be really disappointed. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, um, no, 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 no luck with that. So that was another thing that went on. But then kind of the next big thing with Abyss happened. And this is now in 2010. I think I might know where this a one is going. A big thing happened in 2010 with TNA because mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff came over to TNA at this time, and they tried to take on um, Monday Night Raw again, which is probably the stupidest, stupidest thing TNA's ever done, ever. And they've done a lot of dumb things. Um, but putting like, their show know, on a uh, Monday night, and ch- anyway, it was it was a disaster. Not everything that happened right. during this whole couple of years was bad. There was a lot of good things that happened, but in general, this is, this, it was just yeah, a bad idea. Yeah, this is the idea. beginning of TNA as I know it, which is the lol TNA yeah, yeah. Sort of. This is when it kind of started terror, yeah. to go down. It didn't fully go down, at least not for me, until around 2012, 2013. Right around when AJ left is kind of yeah. when TNA, in my opinion, really, really went down. Um, anyway, so this was kind of a weird thing, and apparently there was some backstage stuff, I think, with like Mick Foley not wanting to work with Abyss or something uh-huh. like that. But um, they ended up working together, and Ab- Abyss would end up. Uh, losing his mask in in one of the matches of uh, something and and then um so he at this point Abyss is like a a maniac but not in like a monster maniac in like a neurotic maniac type thing okay like because he's been in an asylum and there's all these weird things and now he's like this over anxious n- neurotic 
crazy person. That's kind of the way Abyss right. is. Who's lost a lot recently and is like doesn't have self confidence. Very weird I mean, if person. If your therapist was beating you up every <laughs> week, I'm sure that would mess you up too. I'm oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so he ended up. Hulk Hogan ended up bringing him into uh, bringing Abyss into his office and giving him a pep talk as only Hulk Hogan could do. And uh, and is basically saying, I'm sick of you acting like this. And he he offered his guidance. And then he gives him his Hall of Fame ring and says, oh, it'll make Abyss a god of wrestling. And now this is the WWE his, uh, Hall of Fame ring. So they're using <laughs> WWE stuff now in this. Great. Um, as if the whole show, sorry, I know we kind of glossed over this, but this is the part of TNA that I actually know something about. And it just seems like, when they first started out, they were obviously like, there's always like a 1A wrestling from right, right? Right, Like, even after WCW went down the toilet, like, they were able to take, like, everything that was left outside of WWE. And, that like, TNA, there was some other stuff in between, but, like, TNA was the first major, like, hey, we're starting over, and this is going to be the other kind of wrestling. Right. And right now we're at a point where it's, like, all indie wrestling because it's so accessible through the Internet and stuff like that can be the other wrestling. Right. But for a while, it was just them, and they had, like, the six-sided ring, and they were doing different stuff, and they had different, like, exciting talent. And this is when they, you know, like Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff come in and say, no, we're going to make it exactly like WCW, actually, <laughs> which yeah. is just WWE, but worse. Yeah, kind of. And this is, like, what a perfect, I guess, symbol of just, like, that little brother nature that they have when, like, a holy grail in TNA is Hulk Hogan's WWE Hall of Fame ring, which I'm kind of surprised they were allowed to use. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they gave it to him so he can do what he wants with it. I don't yeah, know. well, there's more with the ring. Um, we'll get to that. So at this point, Abyss almost becomes a Hulk Hogan clone. Um, <laughs> like, he's really good. He does a good Hulk Hogan impression, and he starts and doing it for all of his uh, like promos and stuff. He's doing Hulk Hogan promos right. with the voice and everything. Um right. And another thing that was going on during this is this is when Flair also came into TNA and he was paired up with AJ Styles, who was a heel at the time. Um, And they made the heel faction Fortune, which had several people in it, which was actually pretty good. And so AJ then started doing Ric Flair robes and and was with Ric Flair, which AJ was not happy about, because basically Eric Bischoff and these people didn't know anything about TNA, really. Right. And so right. AJ was immediately thought of as, like, needing some, needing a heater and someone to, like, talk for him, which he was not happy about at all. But, again, yeah. you know, because AJ's the best, so he made the most of it, and it actually was pretty good. Um, I enjoyed. Was I enjoyed his Ric Flair thing. Period of time when everything in TNA was just a major TNA star doing an impression of another uh, kind of yeah. WWE star. Because I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Jay Lethal doing oh, yeah. Ric Flair. Right oh yeah, now. that's another thing. Um, there was a thing with with that too. Uh, which in, that that's all that around the same video. time. Yeah. Oh no, that I, video I saw is that all around video this time. For the first time the other day when you put it on Twitter. Yep. Oh yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that happened. Um, uh, sidebar with the Jay Lethal thing that happened sometime around the same period. And what happened, I don't remember how it happened, but Jay Lethal ended up getting Ric Flair's Hall of Fame ring as well. There was a bunch of stuff with Hall of Fame rings, and um, 
uh, Jay Lethal ended up getting it, and that's when he became Ric Flair. Great. And so now WWE Jay Lethal Hall of Fame rings have mystical powers. Yes. that's canon. Yes, yes, it is now. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'm I mean, really Jay into Lethal that. has to be the greatest wrestling impersonator of all time. Like, yeah, it's he's not got even close. Two that are both really good. They're amazing. I mean, I'm sure because it's yeah. not just the the voice; it's the it's the body language. It was yeah. so good. I've never seen someone do Ric Flair just the body like that ever. Right. It's just spot on. Anyway, sidebar. But um, so and also it's so th- this went on for a year or so, and he kind of did this. And Immortal was the heel faction, I I believe. They were like good for a while, and then they were heels for a while. I don't really remember. It was a confusing time when a lot was going on. Right. Um, but at some point, kind of during this, Abyss got um, a uh, – he had his own weapon, I guess is one way to put it. And it became a big part of his gimmick. Um, it was this giant 2x4 with a billion nails ham- hammered all into it, and it was named Great. Janus. Of course. And he would put people out of action with it. Um, it was like a one and done type thing, because it's a thing of nails. Right? No, that so makes it's like sense. how do you I mean, use that, this that weapon? That makes more sense than anything else in this entire story. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but again, you know, a lot of times. Um. Anyway, it, at some point, it, uh, it it was, it was just weird, like that that whole. <laughs> That whole Janice thing was strange. At some point, it was like its own entity. Like, he was treating it like it was his girlfriend. That's kind of the way he treated right. it. And it, it was like thing where he was uh, controlling him. And, he, you know, there ended up being, like, matches for Janice with other people Great. and stuff. Like, it was it was strange. I'm uh, expecting there to be a reveal at some point that Janice is actually his mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Anyway, but at some point, Abyss ended up being put out of action with Janice, of course, by someone else using it. But um, anyway, and that uh, ended up breaking away from that. And then now we're going to get into another another period of um, Abyss's run that was probably one of the more um, weird and kind of well-known ones. Because, all right, during this time, I, was watch- I watched a lot of TNA from, like, 2000. 9, 10, 11, 12, all during those, like, three, four years. Uh-huh. So this is in 2012 in March, and uh, so Abyss is out of action at this point. Um, he, um, uh, like, two months earlier at Genesis, he was attacked out after a Monsters Ball match. He was attacked backstage and was out of action for a couple of months. Like, he just wasn't on TV or anywhere. So then in uh, March... Uh, there was an appearance by a guy who introduced himself as Joseph Park, which I don't oh. know if you know about this storyline. Oh no! And um, he he was he was Abyss's brother. So um, we're back to this. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. And um, and he was he was looking for his brother Abyss because he he hadn't been seen since Genesis. Now Joseph Great. Park was Abyss, just without a mask and with his hair cut. And just a very goofy looking dude who just wore a tracksuit and just acted like a doofus. <laughs> he wore glasses and just acted like a doofus. But it, but right. it's, it's obviously the same guy. And so that became a thing for a while with Park oh, making boy. appearances. 
um, trying mm-hmm. and uh, he eventually blamed Bully Ray for his brother's disappearance, which led to mm-hmm. a match. Um, or when Bully Ray attacked Joseph Park, and then Abyss ended up returning, warning his brother that he was getting too close. I don't remember how they did that. They probably did it with a video screen, but now I don't remember. Uh-huh. And um, and then later, uh, Park agreed to wrestle Bully Ray at Slammiversary for his brother, um, like for Abyss, which led okay. to Abyss, of course, making an appearance again through video, um, threatening both Park and Bully Ray. And then later at Slammiversary, Joseph Park defeated Bully Ray in an Anything Goes match, following a, p- a f- interference from Abyss, of course. Um, and they d- they ended up going back with this for a while. They had they had, uh, but the, the way it kind of <laughs> broke down was. Uh, then later in July, so now we're in July. I mean, this thing's been going on for several months now. Great. And another Anything Goes match, Ray won after hitting Joseph Park with a chair. But after the, and busting Joseph Park open. But after the match, at the sight of his own blood, Joseph Park then, like, goes berserk and attacks Ray and hits him with Abyss's black hole slam. Okay. Of course. That's actually really cool. (laughs) And so... But he's still being Joseph Park. So then he goes back to being Joseph Park, though, after this. Right. And he was then right. kidnapped by the Aces and Eights stable, which was actually awesome for when that thing first started. That Aces and Aces, uh, Aces and I can't talk. That Aces and Eights storyline was really good. The Sons of Anarchy stable that they had was yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I'm done. familiar with like the aesthetic of it. At it least. was. Cool. I don't know a lot about them, but I get the. I've seen like pictures and stuff. Yeah, it was one of those things, kind of like NWO. But by the end, it was just kind of burnout. But but like at the beginning, yeah. for a while, it was awesome. Um, so anyway, he was kidnapped by Aces and Eights, who then used him to force Hulk Hogan into allowing the group to wrestle for TNA roster spots at Bound for Glory. Because at this point, like they they're like the bad guys. Like they've been like fired from TNA and stuff like that because they because of all the right. stuff they've been doing. Um. Right. So anyway, uh, Park and Hogan then had a thing with Aces and Eights, and uh, and that ended up going on back and forth. But he's still being Joseph Park during these whole things with these like weird instances where Joseph Park would then like go berserk different times, yeah. and then um, like it's it's creeping back up in him or something, right? Yeah, kind of, but. Yeah, and then at some point he left for a while, announcing he was going to train to be a wrestler. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's just been running around TNA this whole time. Yeah, pretty and much for months, like for like, like the better what, guys, part of a year. I want to be a real wrestler. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he uh, came back and then was defeated by some aces and eights people, and then he ended up winning a match uh, when he defeated Robbie E. Um, so he got a win there. And he got a couple of wins during all this, but he then returned uh, as Abyss in May of the of the following year. And okay. I'm. I, I gotta remember. I don't I just remember like if it went anywhere. Off the top of my head, like there could be a really cool moment. I'm picturing like an ant. Like we all fantasy booked how we wanted to see Stardust go away. I'm picturing like a reverse of that, where the normal person yeah. like cracks and lets his psychotic, larger-than-life, like, mystical character back out. Yeah, but they never really uh, did it that way. They just kind of teased both of them for, like, a while. And then came back, and he was just a bit. Like, why wouldn't you, if you're doing it for that long, 
have one like ultimate Jekyll and Hyde moment. I don't, I don't I, know. That feels like a waste because I was honestly like that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Well, this went on for another another almost the whole other year with with this this going back and forth and him wrestling as Joseph Park and then and you know winning and then losing and then going back and forth and then Abyss would come out every now and then and then he was doing a lot of this stuff with aces and eights then um uh he and then it ended up and now we're in December of like 2013 so this is like a year and a half or more after this whole thing started and then um uh then there was a bunch of different reveals where like Joseph Park was like a lawyer that was one of the things too he had a law firm or whatever and then at some point there was this group called Bad Influence and he ended up being a feud with them and then there was like rev- more reveals kind of like the other one where b- bad in- bad influence would come out and be like oh well we found out that you know park law firm closed 15 years ago and hasn't even been in <laughs> and and bad influence this this is yeah i know and bad influence this that is christopher daniels and frankie real. kazarian this is daniels and kazarian our bad influence uh, that was their wow. faction which was great but um yeah so and then and he's now teaming with Eric Young, and they're kind of in this feud with Bad Influence. So yeah, it, it, oh, the closed 15 years ago. So how can there be a Joseph Park? And and then at some point, Young is just like, you're. Anyway, it's this was so. It, it ended up ending with when uh, Joseph Park got was uh like given um like Jan was he was given Janice. Again, and he ended up turning into Abyss. Wait, by who? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't remember. And it says, (laughs) I'm reading about it, and it says, like, Young, because Eric Young is his partner, and he, like, Young is telling him, you, like, you're Abyss. Like, snap out of it. But it says, and so I think Young is is the one who ends up giving Janice to Joseph Park. And then, like he tracked her down. Somehow. Yeah, and then Joseph, <laughs> and then Park wins the match when he turns into Abyss. Um, okay, there we go. That's that's more like it. But then he still comes back as jo- like Joseph Park at like the next show or whatever. But then and I feel up- like they're trying really hard to yeah. do that like mankind Mick Foley dude love thing. Kinda, yeah. But then, but it, and then it's not till like February of 2014 when he's finally comes out as like. Abyss is Joseph Park. Like, cause, cause now Abyss has still come in multiple times. And then at this point, Eric Young gets fed up with it and just rips the mask off of Abyss. Great. And says that this is Joseph Park. Great. And, There's nothing like wrestlers snapping at the stupidity of their own anger. Right, right. So then he ended up turning heel from movement. all this. <laughs> then then that, that, that ticked off, part, you know, Abyss. So then he, now he's a heel again and ends Great. up, and anyway, then that, more stuff went on after that. He he ended up joining. Then a couple other interesting things with the characters in like 2016 to 17. He he had this stable called Decay, which was actually pretty good with Crazy Steve and Rosemary, which was creepy as hell. Um, like he ended up not having the mastering this, and they just had this weird like zombie face paint type stuff, and okay. it was really creepy. Like, did you watch Final Deletion? That was against Decay, or Decay was like oh. Yeah, decay. Yeah. I thought they you were saying VK. Oh like, no, I said catchy. decay. 
No, yeah, 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 yeah. Like delete or decay. Right, yeah, right, I remember right. Those yeah. Matches. Yep. So that he was kind of did that for a couple of years, and then, and then, then Joseph Park came back in 2017, and um, they did another kind of run with that, which again ended with him turning into abyss. But anyway, <laughs> um, and now now he doesn't really he doesn't really wrestle anymore. I think he's more of a uh, uh, like a. What is it called? An agent? Yeah. He's like a TNA agent mostly now. He doesn't do a lot of wrestling. And he's going in. And right. the reason why this was also topical, which I should have mentioned in the beginning, because he's going into the TNA Hall of Fame. Oh, um, cool. So it's actually it's actually topical too, which I totally should have led with, but I didn't. So yeah. And now it's kind of culminating with him. His career mostly kind of over and now going to Hall of Fame. But that's, in general, that kind of sums up kind of vaguely uh, many of the uh, highlights slash lowlights of uh, the career of the monster abyss. Yeah. And it sounds like, I don't know, like, you know, you kind of start off describing him and I looked him up while you were talking about this as, yeah, like this weird, like Mick Foley knockoff Yeah, in the WWE knockoff. But that, like, that's not a terrible idea if they just could have like, I don't know, stuck with it or like, committed it to one angle and i'm sure you know watching live it seemed a little bit more like they were right than hearing the career retrospective but no i mean he no this is a good character like no the abyss character was really successful and i liked i like i've i'm a big fan of the abyss character i mean some of the stuff is totally stupid but the matches yeah. and and my dad was never a big fan of him but as far as a big guy goes he had so many great matches like there are so many great abyss matches I think um, the contemporary, I guess, parallel is something like Finn Balor and the Demon, right? Like, that's what I've been thinking about this whole time. And that's another example of something that is very explicit. Like, it's explicitly him. There's never any serious, like, oh, it's actually another person. But there is this implication that it's something that he taps into or something. But I think the beauty of that, and this might change going forward, but is it's not really explained. Right. So they kind of let you think whatever you want to, whether that's just Finn Balor, like painting himself up and like thinking real hard about how good he's going to wrestle that night. And he just does better. (laughs) Or if it's like something a little bit more supernatural, which I feel like everyone likes to think it is, but I I don't know. Anyway, I just, I I think I like stuff like the alternate, uh, the alter egos in wrestling is a lot of fun. Like, again, you think of stardust, and how you can have these great character moments where the whole crowd is chanting at him, Cody, Cody, Cody. And he starts freaking out. And he's like, no, no. And like covering his ears. And it's awesome. Like it's a lot of fun. Well, oh yeah, that was, no, that stuff was great. Um, yeah, like the, it's a little, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like those little moments type things. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, um, that ended up being a thing something along those lines during the whole Joseph Park thing, but it was just, I was never a big fan of that, that angle. Cause I remember when it was going on and it was just like, this is dumb, but it, well, yeah, but it was kind I mean, of funny, but the character was funny. So there was, there was a level of amusement, I guess at some point, but overall, yeah, it was but like, if stupid. you're not going to really commit to ever like flipping the switch, then what's yeah. the point? Yeah, I agree. There was also a thing I forgot about. That was kind of, a, uh, I remember was, horrifying but kind of kind of cool um there was a match with rvd during kind of this when rvd just kicked the crap out of him in the face 
and and <laughs> broke and knocked out all of his lower teeth. Oh. And like sh- like literally knocked his teeth down his throat. Yeah. And so he oh, didn't have God. like those bottom teeth. And so it was awesome because it made him look even creepier. Because he just he didn't get him fixed. He just left it like that, and it was awesome. That's one way of looking at it. It was so cool. I was like, wow, they just made this guy look even scarier. But anyway, I found this. I got I got to have you listen to this. So this is the um, audio from the TNA Lockdown pay per view in 2005 with AJ Styles and Abyss. And this is uh, I'm gonna see if this works. But this is when. Abyss smashes AJ's face with the door, and you just got to hear Mike Tanay. Okay. All right, hang on. Let me, let me see if I can uh, get this to work, because I'm not sure which one it is. It's one of these buttons, and I'm not sure which one. It's not that one. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Right oh in his face! He just took him completely out! Just leveled him right there! Did you see that? Oh man! Wow! Is that not like the greatest thing? That's like that's like the Hindenburg level distress right there. Oh, it's so it's so good. Just (laughs) just the way they free. And to be honest, like it's fair. Like it looks awesome. Oh, it's so good. It looks like he killed him, but just the the amount of reaction is just fantastic. Yeah, and that's it. Like you can't as a wrestling commentator, you can't go that hard very often but yeah boy when they do and it works it's great oh, there's oh, nothing like it. oh i i totally think this is warranted um but the best part is after the replay when, <laughs> when my is just like you you can't even see that again like that, that's my <laughs> favorite line out of the whole thing huh <laughs> that's so that is funny. a good line <laughs> oh man that's great but uh, yeah, so wow. I, I would definitely recommend recommend uh, watching that match for sure. It's worth it. Just for that, it's yeah, worth it. But the match now. is great I anyway. To, I need to learn up on good TNA. Yes, you I do. Most I most anything like, with Samoa Joe. Most stuff with there's a lot of good Abyss stuff. Most stuff with AJ Samoa there's Joe. There's a triple threat with like AJ Samoa Joe and, and Christopher, Christopher Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, they That's had they had a be handful like the of best matches. Match in TNA history, yeah, it's so an, I, know I need to watch that. There's also Iron Man matches with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels that are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot there's of a, a lot Steiner of the X Division stuff is the great. greatest of all time. Let's oh, not forget that. Oh, of course <laughs> that sacrifice promo is wonderful. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> That's the great. That's one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. It is. If we're being honest, that's not enough for an episode. Yeah. But if by some miracle you're listening to this podcast and you don't really follow wrestling, you just do it because I asked you to and you like me. Just look <laughs> up. Just look up Scott Steiner. Oh, we've, the numbers don't we, lie. We've talked it about quick. it before. It is just great. We might have to do like a thing when we take a bunch of smaller moments and just kind yeah, of compile just grab them bag in. Episodes. Yeah, yeah, and that that would definitely promos. fit in that. Oh, that's so good. But anyway, oh, yeah, man. I wanted to do I wanted to do a TNA. Although now it's Impact Wrestling, which still throws me off. I still want to call it TNA. Um, but we hadn't done one from TNA slash Impact Wrestling, so I, w- I wanted to 
I wanted to do that, bring that into there, because I mean, there's some wild TNA stuff as well, as well as That's with awesome. WCW and WWE. So, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to bring sure. that in there, and um, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's uh, that's it for that episode. Yeah, good stuff. Story man. of Abyss. So anyway, thank you for listening. If you are still listening, we always appreciate it. Um, and if you want, go ahead, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, one through five stars does not matter, just as long as there's a review. Um, if you give us lower than five stars then you have to compare us to, like, a wrestling match. <laughs> like, if, like, if you give us one star, that's fine, but you have to be like, this is the, I don't know, Brie Bella versus Lana of podcasts. <laughs> like, you have, I'm going to ask you to put in the effort to at least explain yourself a little bit in terms of wrestling, because that's oh, the only that's thing we idea. understand. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. At behind underscore gorilla, where we uh, occasionally tweet out updates and uh, our thoughts on wrestling stuff um, every now and then. So um, you can find all the links to all the episodes and stuff there. That's where we basically that's that's where we do all of our promotion for everything. So um, yeah, yeah, go ahead do that. We're also on Facebook behind the gorilla wrestling podcast. If you can find it, I I do post them on there too. Um, but Twitter's the main thing. Uh, you can also follow follow me on Twitter at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson, so just, you know, follow all our personal crap. It's mostly yeah. wrestling. It's a lot of wrestling. But let us know if you have any more episodes you want to see us do. Yeah, yeah. There is, like, there's an infinite amount of stupidity in wrestling. I'm starting to realize just the more we do this. And, like, I know you have a running list. I really yeah, I don't. Do. I kind of just go week by week. But with every passing week, I kind of think, like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could do this. And it just, like it keeps expanding. The list isn't isn't shrinking by any means. But if there's something that we haven't covered yet that you maybe not want to hear more about, but want to make sure that other people get to hear more about, then definitely let us know because we're always on the eye on the lookout for new stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. If you have any suggestions, any comments, concerns, uh, any any uh, hateful things to say, any of that. Please feel free. If your abyss is real, Father, please let us know. Yeah, yeah, please do. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, so, yeah, you can do all that at our uh, Twitter page at Behind underscore Gorilla. You can also follow my other podcast Twitter page at Uncaped Review, which is a podcast for me and my friend Ian. We review every Batman movie it's ever been. We've already done the 66 movie, the first Tim Burton movie, and Batman Returns as well. We'll be doing Mask of the Phantasm coming up on Friday. Uh, so make sure you check that out too. Nice. So yeah, that's pretty much all the all the plugs that I have. Um, anything yeah. anything you want to add, Harris? Uh, just one more thing we, before we go. Shout out to Rick Flair, who showed up <laughs> yeah. and cut a promo at Samford Stadium on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, big University of Georgia fan. I go to pretty much all the home games with my family. I know Mark's a big fan too. Well, and we both went there. That's why. Right. Yeah, exactly. And who do you, who do we see on the sideline in the pregame? My dad, who doesn't follow wrestling at all. Like he just doesn't. Like he knows that I watch it and he thinks it's dumb, but that's the extent <laughs> of it. He he looks at me and goes, "Is that Ric Flair right there on the 40-yard line?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" Oh man. And sure enough, just yep. standing right there in his gray suit chatting it up with Herschel Walker is the Nature Boy Ric Flair and I don't know if you saw the video. Oh, I did. Absolutely oh, I look did. it up if you if y'all at home didn't see him promoting it. Please, but he 
his da- his daughter was on the track team. She is on the track team. Sport. Right. And yeah. they won the national championship last year. So yep. they were saying, hey, you know, at, at the quarter break or whatever, we'll bring the track team out here and, you know, promote them and say, hey, congratulate the women's track team on winning the national championship. And then Ric Flair is just standing out there with them and cuts a little promo and he's like, woo, give it up, <laughs> woo, for your national champion. And he, like, does the, you know, he does his whole little shtick and then points at them and, you know, 90,000 people go nuts because <laughs> half of them recognize Ric Flair and start going, woo, in oh, the middle yeah. of a college football game. It's amazing. It oh, was a so really good. surreal, like, two of my favorite things come together in a way I was not at all expecting. Yeah, there's there's nothing like it. There's nothing yeah. like something like that yeah. for sure. So, yeah, that's good. That's a good call. That did happen, and that was that was awesome. That was awesome to see. It was a lot of fun. So definitely props to, to uh, Ric Flair for sure. Still styling and profiling all these years later. Absolutely. So that'll do it for uh, this episode. Um, thank you for listening. If you made it through the whole thing, definitely thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be Harris's turn next week. We'll be back again, as always, every Monday morning. Come out with uh, some more quality or not-so-quality um, entertainment for you guys, for well, sure. It's quality. It's either high or low quality. I feel like <laughs> okay, that's, that's the, true. Uh... That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, hopefully you guys have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. So um, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'll talk to you guys next week.